Hello, and welcome to the series "Making Stewardship a Way of Life." This is episode five, titled "Evangelical Poverty." Your host is Father Andrew Kemberling, formerly the pastor of St. Thomas More Parish in Centennial, Colorado. With Mila Gladava, the director of communications and stewardship, Father Andrew has written a book by the same name. It's based on their experience introducing a comprehensive stewardship program at St. Thomas More, where Father Andrew was the pastor for 14 years. The program provides a complete guide for individuals on how to approach, embrace, and practice the full range of stewardship in their lives. Here's Father Andrew. As we move on from time, talent, treasure, faith, vocation, and earth, and last time we really just focused on faith, vocation, and earth, we now move to a larger theme called evangelical poverty. Evangelical poverty is the vows that a priest or a religious order take of poverty, chastity, and obedience. But those vows are not just for those in consecrated life. In stewardship spirituality, especially when you look at uh, Lumen Gentium, which is a the dogmatic constitution on the church, there are several paragraphs that are at the very core of the whole spirit of the Second Vatican Council. It's called the universal call to holiness. And in this universal call to holiness, it particularly identifies evangelical poverty as the source and the way to how the laity also will find that conversion that priests, brothers, and sisters found by making these vows. It's important to look at what it means to have evangelical poverty, as such as spiritual poverty. And there is an actual poverty. When I was a young man, I became a monk. I entered the monastery of Holy Cross Abbey in Canyon City, Colorado, and I knew that I would be making a vow of poverty. Well, here I got three hot meals a day. I had a place to sleep. I had clothing to wear. I had cars to drive. And the old joke would go, gee, if this is poverty, bring on chastity. <laughs> because this was too good to be true. But the reality was it wasn't an actual poverty. It was a spiritual poverty. It was a a kind of poverty where you weren't actually poor, you entered into the spirit of the poor person. The poor person is not attached to their things because they don't have much. And so when you learn not to be possessed by your possessions, you possess them, they don't possess you. And that's what the evangelical poverty is all about. As we live in a materialistic and consumeristic world, it's very clear many people are owned by their stuff and they can't get enough. They have to have houses and boats and cars. People have to buy another set of clothes, another set of shoes. They can't be satisfied with just an adequate amount of clothing or an adequate place to live or adequate food or whatever it might be that satisfies and meets the needs of each individual. A stewardship spirituality that includes evangelical poverty, first and foremost, looks at the word evangelical. It's meant to evangelize. It's meant to have this 
personal conversion in each person's life. Each person is asked to be converted, to change their heart and to let go and let God. I know that when we talked about identity, trust, gratitude, and love, this was that trust factor that people have to encounter where they have to let that little voice deep inside of them that says, if I don't do it, nobody else will. Well, by turning off that voice, you really trust that God will provide for us. One of the obstacles I have found in a materialistic and consumeristic world is the very idea of money. Money gives you control. It makes you think that you're in charge. And when you can let go of money and all that money can buy, and that's that spirit of poverty, then you start seeing money as a tool and not as the end in itself. It's a means to what God wants you to have. Then you start looking at your material goods this way. And as you start detaching from not only yourself, you start detaching from your material goods. That detachment from self is probably at the very core of letting go of your things. If you can't let go of your things, you're not going to let go of your own will. And when you can say to God, okay, God, I trust you. I'm going to enter into letting go of all this material good and let it be the source of my ability to be converted. I will be evangelized as I see everything I have with a spirit of poverty. When that happens, then people cross over this threshold of trust that then allows them to understand that passage, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. As we start to meditate upon that, that poor in spirit then allows us to identify in solidarity with the poor. Jesus tells us that the poor will always be with us Evangelical poverty makes us partners, solidarity partners with poor people, be it local or on the other side of the earth. And the way that we are actually poor is where I'm 10% poor. 10% of my income, I make sure I set aside and that's not mine. I let go of it. And so I might have a spirit of poverty, but I'm 10% poor. And I give that tithe as my continual reminder that I'm there helping the poor. The poor on their part, it's very important to let them know this too, that they are not excused from giving. A lot of people think they're being merciful by telling poor people, oh, you're poor, you don't have to give. That's the worst thing you can say to a poor person. When you say to a poor person, you have a need to give. It's not important that you're giving to a need. We all have a need to give, including the poorest person. When that poorest person finds out, they too can give. And it might be very little, because that's what they have is very little. It's not the size of the gift, it's the size of the sacrifice. When that sacrifice of the poor is offered to God, That's showing to God that you too have that faith, that trust. 
What I have found for the poor is that it humanizes them. They realize they have their dignity. They too are included upon the, the collection of humanity. And they too participate in the mission and the call of the church. When the, both of us get together, those of us with a spirit of poverty are connected with people of actual poverty. We then work together for the kingdom of God. It comes true. Blessed are the poorest spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When we continue to look at uh, evangelical councils of poverty, chastity, and obedience, chastity uh, uh, is taking those gifts of our human sexuality and understanding what the sacrament of marriage is all about and this idea that those are gifts that God has given to us then it also comes together with obedience and following this path that God has given. It's important to know that those treasures of the church, which are called the goods of the church of marriage, which means it's they're permanent, that they are exclusive, and they are fruitful. Those three fruits are a part of and connected with evangelical councils of those that are consecrated virgins and the sacrament of marriage. The catechism shows that they are supported by each other. Father Andrew, doesn't the church talk too much about money? (laughs) I'm glad people ask, you know, does the church talk about money? Because sometimes when churches don't adopt a stewardship spirituality, they have to keep chasing the need for more money. And they end up talking about it from the pulpit week in and week out. Those of us that have adopted a a spirituality of stewardship know that we have a season of stewardship renewal. We put our commitments together in consecutive weekends or those close to each other, including the commitment of treasure, so that we don't have to talk about money throughout the year. When we teach people that they have a need to give before giving to a need, then people know they need to continue to give week in and week out without having to ask them giving to a need. When you do that, then the pastor can take on the true responsibility of a good shepherd and to guide and grow the faith in a way that people can hear that the issues, what the issues are in their own personal conversion such as us looking at today's topic of evangelical poverty. We can get into the real issue of person's personality and that core self and that self-centered thinking that spiritually we know is pride. And when we can let go of that, then people aren't worried about, you know, talking about money all the time. They're worried more about how do I grow in my faith Does my faith know uh, God in the way that I'm asked to know God? Evangelical poverty will give us that detachment of self so that we will be closer to God than we've ever dreamed of. The chastity and obedience are all part of that vocation of those who are uh, consecrated virgins as well as in marriage. They actually support each other. And when one is diminished, the other is diminished too. Let us know that by 
a stewardship spirituality, we can look at evangelical poverty as a way to achieve that holiness that God has asked us to achieve. Let us take this stewardship spirituality in a way that offers a gift back to God and thanksgiving for what God has done. Thank you, Father Andrew. You've been listening to the series Making Stewardship a Way of Life, Episode 5, with Father Andrew Kimberling. The program is described in the book by the same name, which is available from online booksellers, and it's being embraced by individuals and parishes around the world. To learn more, visit the International Catholic Stewardship Council at catholicstewardship.com. Our music is from the band Sir Captain. Find them at sircaptain.com. Please join us for Episode 6 of Making Stewardship a Way of Life.